One, two, three. This is nuts. <laughs> no, this is X-Rated, the X-Men animated review show. It's not that bad. We are your hosts, Bearded Dev Nito. And with me <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not capable of mastering anything like that. I, I can't. I can't master that, uh, this hosting thing, but I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> I thought that was supposed Weak to be me? I was going to say. I sound pretty pathetic. I can't. No, that's, can't that's do me. It. That's okay. me. With me is my co-host, Chandra. Beautiful. Who? Me? <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, That'll be my reaction if someone ever called me beautiful as well. Well, me. Me? What? Yeah. Ooh. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're here to review Season 4, Episode 9 of X-Men Animated Series, One Man's Worth, Part 1. Written by Richard Mueller and directed by Mueller, Larry Houston, Mueller, yes, Mueller, Mueller, yes, Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. Am I not getting a reference? Uh, have you ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh yeah, oh, right, the guy, okay. like John Ben Stein's it's, like Bueller instead of Bueller. Yes, I get you. The very similar sounding names. You see, the joke is funnier when you explain it. Well, maybe you should have started off with the explanation and it would have went a lot smoother. Oh, God damn it. All right. <laughs> How are things going, Andre? How was your week? Ah, it's all right, I guess. Kind of a long day at work today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, that why you sent, is that why you sent me the wrong images for this episode? Uh, no, because I think I Googled the episode and I may have Googled the wrong one, I'm guessing, because... I I guess uh, maybe maybe I just put in the maybe I didn't put in the part one and then it just gave me a bunch of images of of part two because there are stuff like but when I was watching the episode like I I took I actually forgot to watch it this morning I was doing cardio so I watched it tonight and uh, when I finished watching it I was like none of those images were in that so I had to go back and revise them you get bearded Magneto just in uh, time yeah that's right bearded Magneto yeah it's pretty also known as Jack Lyncher. Jack Lyncher? He was by Jack? Yeah, because he's so jacked. Get it? It's a joke. See, it's better if oh, you explain it. I see. It it's is. funnier it's that TV. way. I, I'm enjoying it now that now that I know. <laughs> I'm off to a great start. Sure are. <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking uh, tonight, dude? Um, just Earl Grey tea. Go to my Spider-Man mug. Usually have a beer or something cool. Yeah, well, I'm not so cool. I got... I got a baby and another on the way. I got to stop being so cool. <laughs> well, I got no babies and none on the way. So I'm drinking tonight because I had a rough day. So, uh, Well, you deserve it then. What you got there? Fundy Gin. Fundy Gin from Woodfired. Where's Still Fire Distilleries in the Valley. Where in the Valley is that one now? Mm, they're like a legal moonshine distillery. They're the only one in Nova Scotia, I believe. 
Lekiel County, Lekiel, L-E-Q-U-I-L-L-E. They're down. Uh, they're down so, near. Uh, it's not a pretty real place. Well, it says here. Um, oh, country. Lekiel Country Store in Lekiel NS. It's not a county. Um, yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, down in the valley near. Um, I guess Snapless Valley because I've, I've seen them at the farmers market down there. But they had an event Makes here sense. in Truro called Bottled a while ago with all these fancy like drinks from different. Mm distilleries and they were there and i i've had their regular gin before but not their barrel aged gin which is like a stronger blend and i got number two i didn't realize on the bottle which is kind of fun um yeah it's really good really good if you like gin this is a solid uh, solid i do like gin yeah me too gin and whiskey are generally my go-tos but uh yeah me too rock, rock with gin today so i've been listening to your show your other show i have how how much have you well, listened, listened to? to three <laughs> episodes, I think. Um, was the one with well, uh, if you'd like to talk to us about anything, Murphy's uh listening right now. I think. Oh, is he? Well, it's a, lo- <laughs> a lot of you guys yelling at each other, that's for sure. But I actually well, surprisingly enjoyed it. Not that I didn't think I'd, I'd like it as much. I do listen to a lot of movie podcasts, but I was like, I'm just going to tune into this and see, you know, if I if I enjoyed enough to keep going. Um, I mean, I th- <laughs> some joy when you guys really don't agree on movies especially because i'm a big movie guy so i've seen a lot and uh like listening to burphy lose his mind about the tingler um oh, I, yeah, thought, lost it. I feel like he was i think he was a bit too rough on the tingler i think you were a bit too rough uh way too rough on southland tales you were like no, literally that's, that's a piece of garbage that's you were like so angry garbage. about a movie it's, it's, it's not even a movie and it, it wasted three hours of my life different people no, that means nothing to know. I've never even seen all of it, but and I'm I stand still by finding that. myself defending it because, like, no, it's oh. empty calories, and the they're not even. I don't even know if there's calories. It's just empty. Have you have you watched any other Richard Kelly movies? He hasn't doesn't have a lot. It's that Donnie no, Darko. I don't think. Oh yeah, I've seen Donnie. Dar- I didn't like Donnie Darko. Either. No, I really like Donnie Darko and uh, the Box, which is an interesting film. Um, so I'm not quite that. sure how. It, yeah, it's it's a it's sort of a reimagining of an old Twilight Zone episode, but. Um, it's interesting. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm uh, no, I'm, digging, I'm digging the show. Um, like I said, it's a bit. We get along I, some I, episodes. I actually, yeah. Well, no, I, I, it's kind of funny when you guys don't. The only thing is, when you don't, you really don't, and sometimes you're just like screaming at each other, and it's like, oh, like the, that one. At least Dave was in the middle to be like, okay, guys, let's just try to keep this on the rails. Well, but, just uh, wait till you get to the politics episode. We give Dave what for. He comes back and. Well, he just looking at the movies you guys are uh, are picking, I'm curious as to what the theme is on some of them. Well, I've tried I've tried to ex- uh, explain this before. It's like it's easy to just go in and pick the best movies that everybody knows. Oh, I'm are not good. saying the best, just yeah. ones that are that... kind of more about the subject you're talking about. Like what? Like See, that's how... okay. That's not even the point either. They don't need to be uh... bad or good. I'm just like ones that seem to illustrate the point more. Like, well, what? I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I want the theming to be looser than that because That's I don't fine. want the three movies we choose to be too same samey or to share their themes too much. I just kind of want a loose thread for narrative reasons, and you know the way we're doing it so far. I think we're coming up with really random selections of movies. So, yeah. what's it's the theme for Soylent Green, Medicine Man, and I Heard Huckabees? environmentalism but like if you wait till you get to that episode i go off on how i heard huckabees is not an environmentalism movie not at all that's why i'm wondering why it's even in that list 
It's an existential. It's did he misread existentialism and environmentalism? That's, that's what I we, make the point that it's about existentialism. You're like you're like my. Critique I, I've seen that. that. I 100 know that's what it's about. It's uh, I mm-hmm. actually like the movie. It's been a long time since I watched it, but um, what's oh, the apartment Gremlins from Tokyo Godfathers? Christmas. Uh, okay, Chris. Uh, the apartment is a pretty far reach for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Barely, I know. Yeah, and, uh, we go off on that one too. Gremlins, I get. Tokyo Godfathers, I've never seen. Um, sometimes I feel well. I mean, hey, it's your guys' show, but uh, the end. Like, he missed a couple picks because he looked at lists of that were like you know here's an environmentalism movies and like I heard Huckabee's was on there, so he he believed the list. But it's good because we often pick movies we haven't seen. So yeah, that's fair. Sometimes it sometimes there's a miss pick, but it it made for uh, funny us tearing the crap out of I heard Huckabee's. Yeah, so you guys both did not care for it. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, I remember liking it at the time. I know uh, the director of it. Uh, what's his face? He's, he's not a nice now. fella. Uh, yeah, he's had some issues, but what is his? Who directed it again? It's someone that's fairly famous now. I don't know. He's the guy who just like yelled and threw shit at Lily Tomlin. That's all yeah, I know. That was one of the yes. running things of it, but who directed yeah. it? Oh, David O. Russell. Oh, yeah. No, he's. Yeah, that I mean, guy. He, yeah, he's a famous, very famous director. Um, well, most note. Well, I'm most sure note- he thinks he's very famous. That's what I got. Well, American that. Hustle <laughs> was a very popular movie. So was yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, Joy, Amsterdam that came out last year. I didn't see that one, but I've heard good things. The Fighter, Three Kings, all good stuff. But yeah, I mean, we'll keep a lot of these chugging along with it because we. Uh, per- oh, oh yeah, our no, I'm format. enjoying it. It's fun. It's, it's, I'm digging it. So it makes me good, more good. inclined to want to be on it if I can ever find the time. Good. I had a segment waiting for you, man. Oh, do you? Is it the one where yeah. I pick your movies because um, you guys like? No, you can. No, you can pick every now and then. But if we have a guest, there's no free picks. But you can have an end segment if you like. Anyway, end segment. So, yeah, more like a wrap up, a, a, a wind down. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay. uh, we'll discuss. Let's get into it. Season four, episode nine. One man's worth. What is one man worth, Devin? What is one podcast worth? That's a separate question. But what is one man's worth? Can one man truly make a difference? This episode, I would say about thirty six bucks. <laughs> the value of one man is thirty six bucks. Yeah. Well, I think you look about. I think if you look at what a person's organs are worth on the illegal organ trade, you'll find it's much more than thirty six bucks. So you're made up oh, of. I, I was. Probably, ta- I was talking about a smoker. You're made up of probably so about the organs dollars are worth of healthy organs that uh, if assuming they're healthy that you can get on the black market. So, you know, or well, no, I mean, probably about 200, 300,000 dollars. So, you know, you know, everybody has to work. That's I'll interrupt you now with that. <laughs> you know, you can always give me a little bit of warning. Thanks to you, oh Lord. Oh, that ending's so funny. I just Wolverine reading from the Bible is one of the strangest things. It just seems so off brand. Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life. Oh, are we doing Amish Paradise? I'd much prefer that. No, oh God, through the tune into the next episode. My corn. Murphy's making me watch a Weird Al movie for the next episode of Old. Which one? UHF. Oh, it's a fantastic I'm, movie. I don't find Weird Al funny, so I'm not looking forward to it. 
Um, that movie is we'll actually more clever than his general oh, yeah? type of of I found. That's names. good. I find his songs are just so very obvious. It's like if anyone tried to like rewrite <sighs> the words to those songs, they'd come up with the exact same thing. But that's like but, saying that like that you find Batman too dark. It's like to say that means like Weird Al's the one who started the parody trend. Like to say sure. that his stuff is broad. It wasn't broad when he started it. It's just broad now because you've had decades of it. Like you can't fault him for being too much what he is when he started the trend of what he is. Well, I mean that. I just mean I just don't find the lyrics funny or I just find them obvious. Well, I mean parody is but, kind of like that. But um yeah. yeah, no and and uh uh yeah, no, it's I watched showed it at one of the movie nights I do here in town uh, not too long ago. So I got to rewatch it again recently. And it's actually, you know, it's pretty clever. It's uh if you like it's kind of like airplane like bad covers. Pardon? And he's not and I don't like bad covers of songs so he's just taking a song that a good singer is well, usually singing say, I don't he like, sings it badly but if you, like, if you just say i don't like i actually think he's a good singer but um if you say i don't like bad anything it's like i don't like bad animals i don't like bad dogs. no but like if like, i hear somebody cover a song i want them to somehow be better at it than the person well it's it, rare I'm, I'm usually content with different um, you know, if it's the same song relatively, then maybe not so much, but anyway. So, we're here with One Man's Worth Part One, in which we go once again deep into the time traveling rabbit hole that is Bishop in whatever fractured, weird ass timeline he's in now. Because at the end of every single this would be the third time we've seen Bishop messing around <laughs> in the time stream trying to save the past, and every time he manages to do so, he just goes back to the future, finding out that there's some other thing that caused the always forge. Forge is oh, yeah. always standing there, Forge's be like, like let's go sure. again. Forge like, I'm not sure again. what you did this time, but it wasn't right. It still messed up. Kind of reminds me of a. Hey. gone How back before you. You must get help and stop them before they change time forever. Oh my God, I, that I hey hoser has been deleted from my soundboard for like two weeks now. It yeah, still keeps is... going off. Really? Oh my God, yeah. It's just a digital soundboard. Get a different one. I'm gonna. I just didn't have time this week. By next week, I'll have a new one. Ah, oh, dear God in heaven. All right. I know. Um, yeah, so uh, it's kind of reminds me of I've been watching Umbrella Academy in one season three because I've, I've been a while, so I got around to it. And uh, a friend of mine moved back to Toronto who's a background actor, and he's working on the show, and he reminded me of it. So I started watching it again. I, I dig the show, but it seems like every season they just go somewhere else, and they're like, oh, wait, the apocalypse followed us here, and then we got to figure out how to stop it again. So it really feels yeah, like Bishop. I stop watching shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one thing about your podcast that I found is you you have a very big mental block about anything that's come out since 1999. And, oh yeah, uh, I don't know anything. Like to the point that you just <laughs> dismiss it immediately, and you have to. It's a big uphill battle. It has to impress you. me. It's a big yeah. uphill battle for it to impress you. Agreed. Um, that's the so. that's the format of the podcast, and the old stuff has to do the same for Murphy. Like he was so hard on the Tingler, like. Like, oh, for like, sure. You know, it's from the fifties, right? Like, yeah, and that's now. what I mean. Like, if you're going to shit on something, <laughs> like the shit on something for being formulaic, you got to realize that the formula came from it. So, like, it was exactly. unique when it was made. Um, but you know, context is important in those sort of things. So, um, let me skip through the intro here. And I do admit my bias. <laughs> yeah, it's the first step. A show about a, first... a '90s cartoon. Well, that's true. <laughs> first step to change. So. Yeah. Um, we get a fun little time loop bit in here that kind of does a wraparound of this episode, starting with uh, uh, May 11th, 1959, 
in which uh, this timeline kind of gives us a relative idea about how old Charles Xavier is in this show, because he would have been about 18, 19, 20 in 1959. Yeah. So that means he's about makes sense. 60 in the uh, the X-Men show. born in 39. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, he's still pretty old, considering, like, you know, how jacked he is. And and he around. Probably a couple years older than him. So, so we see uh, Bishop in the forties. We see Bishop and uh, Wolverine in uh, an outfit that is minus the red, minus the missing hand and the missing uh, and the red marks on his face. Wolverine in an outfit that is very reminiscent of his Age of Apocalypse outfit. Uh, we also see a Rogue lot of reminiscences to the Age of Apocalypse. Oh, this F, th- this storyline is one hundred percent adapted from Age of Apocalypse. They've just changed. Oh, yeah. They've just changed who started it and kind of why, but it's relatively a similar. It's very, very similar. They just swapped out Apocalypse with uh, someone else, which we'll get to. Apocalypse, I think, shows up in next the next one. He is, but he's not the one who started everything, or not? No, uh, no, no. Yeah, not that it was him who started it in the original Age of Apocalypse, but it he's less of central point than other things. But anyway, we see Storm, who's in her her flashy eighties outfit with the the mohawk and all that fun stuff. Um. And uh, the Wolverine and her and Bishop are fighting Nimrod while we see. Doesn't uh, she look great? Mohawk Storm great. with a bandana. Yeah, I, it's funny because almost I mean, every every future version beautiful. of the X Men are in their Age of Apocalypse outfits, except hers, which reverts to her '80s punk outfit, uh, which is kind of cool. I like that they went that road. It does. She does look very like Mad Maxian, which I think is probably what. Well, the underneath the kind of tattered coat, that's sort of her. Age of Apocalypse one. Though in the Age of Apocalypse, she had short hair, not a mohawk. Which yeah, exactly. But I, I like this version of her better. So we see, uh, what, what, it, but with animation, it's hard to tell these things. But we see a younger uh, Charles Xavier, you know, coming out to see what's going on. And then uh, there, his door was ready to explode when he opened it. And then we see uh, Bishop, you know, yell. But then we cut from there back to the fu- our future, which is 2055, in which Forge is telling Bishop and Shard... Uh, who's my namesake today? If you didn't pick that up, uh, Chardray, Chard so, action figure. Yep. Who? Uh, who's a character I don't know a lot about in X Men because Bishop's um, sister. Oh, that makes sense. Why is she? Is she his half sister? Yeah, I don't make her I, very light skin in the show. If she's not. Yeah, and that's always been the case. It, I don't know the details of that. It might just be a. Uh, Choose your family type of thing. Who knows? Uh, so Forge uh, sends them back in time. He says that uh, Fitzroy, who we don't know who that is yet, but we will learn, and uh, his partner, whose name escapes me at the moment, who kind of looks like an off-brand toad, um, green guy, have gone back and already started the you know the process of changing the future and that they need to go back and stop him. So they run into the pa- back, and then uh, we're back to our normal team, in which we see Rogue, uh, Professor X and Wolverine. One sec. Del- I shall avoid the Garden of Eden parallel beast would surely make. <laughs> Storm comments says- on a beastism before it happens. I found that very funny. Well, Storm says that in relation to the fact that uh, Logan offers her an apple. Um, as you said at the beginning of the episode, she says beautiful to a fl- uh, to a butterfly. Wolverine makes that comment. Are you talking to me? Because he's nearby in a tree. He offers her an apple. He's also in a very like hair like. <laughs> I like Wolverine's outfit in this. He's like super hairy, little little tank top, little short shorts, uh, some kind of high top sneakers. Everybody and, has ripped sleeves. This is before this. We're still in a regular day, X Men. These are just them hanging out in the backyard of the uh, 
The oh, X-Mansion. Right. My bad. There's a my little bad. flirtatious exchange between the two of them, which is fun, seeing where we're headed with uh, them in the future. Or rather, in the alternate time. resisted the idea that knowledge ruined paradise. I like how they kind of do a whole religion story in the previous episode and then cut mm-hmm. right back to, to Professor X sort of dismissing it. I mean, I wouldn't say he's dismissing all religion, but he's also saying, like, and he's got a point. I mean, you know, knowledge is the thing that got Adam and Eve kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It's like, well, seeking knowledge really that bad of a thing? Apparently, in God's eyes, it is, so. And that's you know speaks to the ignorance of you know hatred towards mutants and things like that. You know. Yeah, possibly so. But uh, as the X Men are getting ready to have a picnic together, the three of them here, um, there appears to uh, sort of a d- temporal displacement happens, uh, which apparently Professor X has a, a sensor rigged up to his chair to tell whenever there's a temporal temporal displacement or problem going on nearby, because as the <laughs> sky turns red and everything starts. Uh, you know, getting sucked into it. Xavier's uh, little screen on his chair says temporal disturbance and flashes. Um, but as the uh, the sort of it kind of causes a bit of an explosion, which makes Xavier fade out of existence, and then uh, Storm and uh, and Rogal or Storm and Wolverine hug to try to, um, you know, save themselves from the blast. And then we see them sort of change into the versions of Wolverine and Storm as seen here that uh, we saw earlier. So Wolverine in the the dark ripped outfit with Storm in the the uh, the mohawk and the uh, the more eighties kind of uh, Mad cool Max bandana. cool bandana mismatch um, indicating that Xavier disappeared from existence while these two were altered, being that the timeline has changed. And in mm-hmm. as we come to learn, Xavier's not in this timeline, which is why he disappeared. The other two were altered because now they're fitting into whatever their current new timeline is based on what happened in the past, which we'll learn as to what that is soon enough. But anyway, uh, they they know where they are. Like as they change and the timeline changes around them, we have to learn. But they are aware of where they are because to them, this has always been the way things were. And I can hear a lot myself in my headphones. Am I in a speaker there? No, I have uh, my earphones on. Um, I don't hear you echoing. Interesting. Okay. If, um, if anyone here, anyone listening hears an echo, let us know. Is Andre echoing? So uh, just a little bit. It's like kind of mild in the background. But anywho, um, so Beast jumps in and kind of saves them from some uh, helicarrier looking things that are shooting at them. Um, and we kind of learn that the it's a it's an ongoing war between the mutants and the humans, as it would seem. Um, you know, the, the Beast has this cool eye patch thing on and uh, like a little red thing with an X through it. And he's got all kind of 80s uh, or uh, he's all mecked out. He's, he's all mecked out with like metal tech on him and stuff. And which is fun. What are you doing here, McCoy? Milk and cookies run out of the officer's tent. <laughs> so he's an officer, I guess. I don't know. He's or like, you know, he's just their science guy, likely. So doesn't take part in all the battles. And basically, at this point, jibe about that. A group of robots and uh, and ships that seem to be robotically piloted are all attacking uh, mutants of different times. We see them defending we themselves. Lose Magneto. We lose the war. There's a, a bird guy with laser vision that appears. That kind of seems like Scott Summers with wings. Um, oh, I know who that is. Oh, do you? Who is that? It's Mimic. Oh, Calvin okay. Rankin. Calvin really? Rankin. But his Mimic. costume was, is kind of. Uh, that's the first Mimic costume. They're using oh. one from Stanley Sixty stuff, where he oh, cool. looked very much like the four members. Like he's got beats, big hands, and angels' oh, wings. You know, like. I think they like color them brown. At least once he hits the ground, they're brown. So uh, he gets captured by uh, by a robot, and then uh, Magneto shows up and saves him, who's bearded and uh, 
long hair and kind of a ripped up version of his costume with some, he looks way more jacked and he's also got a bunch of metal pieces on him as well. Um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I think he's uh, I, I like this look for beasts. It's, I like this sort of, or for uh, Manito, I like this Manito. sort of post-apocalyptic uh, skinning of the X-Men, which is kind of cool. He's still got time to, uh, to go to the gym. Yep. Yeah. At some point in between the, uh, the issues. So as the robots are attacking, Magneto's continuing to fight against them. This is where Wolverine sees Magneto's in trouble and says they gotta, they gotta work together to stop him. If they lose Magneto, they lose the war. But Magneto is under, uh, under trouble. We do see Storm and uh, Wolverine embrace and it becomes apparent that there's maybe more to their relationship than just friends. As we come to learn later, um, we haven't got to the part where it's revealed how close they are, but we'll get to that soon enough. Mm-hmm. We see uh, Magneto still struggling to fight this sort of uh, robot thing. We see uh, the X-Men, well, essentially Rogue, Beast, and Storm, or sorry, um, Storm, Wolverine, and Beast run into battle alongside a couple of familiar characters for those that are... Oh, my God. So for those that, that are familiar with the X-Men Age of Apocalypse storyline, we see Sabretooth and yeah. Wild Child running into battle. Wild Child. You want to see my Wild Child action figure? I do not yeah. want to see your Wild Child, sir. Okay, I'm glad you said action figure. Um, so yeah, they run into battle, so that's kind of fun. We do get to see, uh, like seeing all these different versions of the of the uh, the X Men from this alternate timeline is pretty neat. We also see the uh, the the Colossus in his Age of Apocalypse attire with the big bandana, yeah, the, the bands in the back. Um, bandana, Colossus there's quite a like few it. cameos in here. I mean, I can go through them all, we can save them for later, but it is pretty cool sure. seeing some of these characters pop up as uh, yeah, and as then they there's show like. Up. Then there's a whole bunch of more cameos later. It's oh, like yeah. This episode's loaded. It's loaded. And there's also like non-X-Men cameos, which is kind of cool, too. Yeah, that's um, what I was referring to, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, we'll probably have to address that because it is kind of key to the storyline. But we do see Magneto coming into the rescue. Sent in another wave of superhumans. Yeah, so Magneto's still struggling, but using his powers as best he can because he's being attacked from all sides, but using his, uh, you know, powers to subdue the robots as best he can. Uh, Storm is knocked down, but then rescued by in a future version of Nightcrawler, who uh, kind of hops nice to in see as, him again. Yeah, like right it's, after it's, the Nightcrawler episode. That's true, and it's it's important that this played out the way it did in order of the story. Otherwise, you'd have no idea who he was. He doesn't have any lines mm-hmm. or anything. He just pops in in kind of a more techie version of his costume, more armory version. Um, fucks up a few of the machines. Really not Age of Apocalypse out. Nightcrawler because he was a bad man. <laughs> right? Yes, he was. One thing that's neat about Beast's uh, Beast sort of robotic future outfit is you'll notice on one of his hands he has Wolverine claws. It's like in a he gave himself that sort of uh, addition to his costume to, to give him an edge, I guess, which is kind of fun. So, um, yeah, which is I just noticed that for the first time now, actually. But yeah, we see um, we see other other mutants uh, in battle here, which is kind of neat. Uh, Sinister is on the side of the X Men here in the future. We see Gambit's missing an arm, but also in battle. Um, so at some point in this future, he lost an arm. Uh, fighting alongside Mr. Sinister's um, uh, genocide, is that his name? Or Holocaust? Oh, Holocaust. Holocaust, yeah. Like, that's is, a powerhouse. They're loaded. Yeah, which is an, <laughs> which is, uh, an interesting cameo. Also a very Age of Apocalypse uh, character. We see someone that they appears... They changed his name to Nemesis to be less offensive. Yeah, it's kind of offensive. I mean, depends on... The term Holocaust existed before it got attributed to the Holocaust as we know it now. But it is a little uh, a little unnecessary to use that term. So we see what I'm assuming to be a Toad variant in the future. 
but as Gam- one arm Gambit gets hurt, he uh, gets taken to safety from by Beast. Uh, Wolverine I want to change my name to One Armed Gambit. One Armed Gambit. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know, like a one arm bandit's like a gambling machine, which is also a form of Gambit. So he's like a one arm Gambit. Yeah. So um, you know, Wolverine sees that Storm was injured, runs over and helps her up, taking her to safety. They, they hug, and then we see that they both have wedding rings, and that in fact, in this future, they are married to one another. Um, which is very sweet. Okay. And uh, at the beginning of this episode, it shows a little bit of flirtation between the two of them, which I thought was cool. But I, I liked how that led into showing a future where they were they were actually, or an alternate timeline, where they're married to one another, which actually, as I we've talked about in the past, is a much, is a much more, uh, to me, a much more interesting relationship for Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, for both so, of them. Yeah, yeah, essentially so. I guess Storm's had a pretty full dance card at different times in the comics, but as uh, as one of the uh, the robots gets dispersed by Magneto, we see its human crew come running out, uh, made up of various t- alternate timeline versions of, I'm guessing, Captain America, the guy with the shield. Um, there's Goliath. Yeah, yeah, I'm I assuming, assuming you'd so. have to be a version of Captain America. There's Goliath. There's a woman to the right Black looks Widow. very much like Black Widow. The guy to the left, I have no idea who that's supposed to be. But I don't, um, I don't know either. I was staring at it for a long time trying to figure it out. I think he might just be generic out. dude. He's got like a weird thing in his hand, which I don't know. It could be Tony maybe Stark, I guess. Not his armor, maybe. Yeah, it does maybe. look Tony Starkian. So he Goliath sure turns. Like... <laughs> Goliath turns yeah. big Nathaniel and goes into battle. Um, we see Wasp as well on their side coming in to uh, to, to assist. Yeah. Um, we see the uh, we'll call him the Captain America analog shooting some beams. Storm gets. Grabbed by Goliath, she escapes with her powers. Um, basically, oh, we see Rogue uh, very briefly as well, which is funny. Um, yeah, she flies in with somebody in her hands. Like I'm not sure who. It yeah, is. who uses his powers to send the superhumans away? Um, and as you see the superhumans get sent away, you get a, a kind of a close look at a few. Not a close look, but you can see a few of them. It's the ones we saw earlier, but with them is obviously Hercules um, from the X Men or from the Avengers. And obviously, uh, the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider costume, the red with the blue hoodie. What I missed yeah. that. No, he's one hundred. He's got the little silver gauntlets on his hands and everything, and he gets sent back oh as well. Oh my god! So yeah, there, and he's even got the little foot, uh, little ankle, uh, ankle pouches on and everything. Um, so it's a it's a neat little uh, neat little nod to what's going on in comics at the time, which is fun. Oh, so yeah. we, this is a very nineties episode. <laughs> oh yes, Wolverine runs back to safety. We see Gambit recovering. Uh, being worked on by, I'm guessing Jean Grey in a. Uh, only see her briefly. You see Peepers and um, uh, some of the Morlocks in the background. Callisto's there. When when Wolverine first runs up to the the base, we see. Uh, Where can I find Doctor Summers? Yes, which I believe is supposed to be Jean because you see her kind Summers, of in a, yeah. kind of in a, a nurse doctor outfit. She's got that nurse hat on, but also kind of like a superhero costume. But when he runs up to the door, uh, you see Morph, um, like the, the version of Morph with the white Yeah, way Morph. Yeah, the Exiles Morph. There he is. To the left there, yeah. When, when you run into there, you see various people from the series on stretchers. Um, Sunfire is there, uh, being worked on by... Pyro's uh, there. Yeah, or Pyro, that's what I meant to say. Being worked on yeah. by uh, the... We see uh, Sunfire during that fight, though. The guy flying around with flame is Sunfire. That anyway, makes sense. Sunfire. Yeah. So they when they're in their their um their medical tent, they get attacked by another robot, but then the um oh my god, why am I blanking on his name from the Hellfire Club? 
the guy that can make you see, you make him not vanisher. What's his Mr. name? Mr. Mind's there. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mr. Mind. That's Mastermind. it. Yeah. So he masterminds. So he runs out and uses abilities to to hide the area where the the kid the uh, the hospital is, which is kind of fun to see some of these characters pop up and using their powers for good in this alternate timeline. Yeah, it reminds but, uh, you of the Krakoan era where they're all working together. It's like kind of a different version of that. So while this battle's going on, Bishop and Shard appear in this timeline and are looking for, uh, you know, Professor Xavier, but realizing they didn't go back far enough, and now they're in the alternate reality where, where this is what's come after Fitzroy and uh, this other guy have done their their evil deed. How do you know our names, Roadkill, and what are X Men? Yeah, so they're saying that there are no X-Men in this timeline. Wolverine overhears them. Bishop is happy to see that there are X-Men in this timeline. They just don't know that they're X-Men because there's it's no... It's Bantam. Bantam, that's his name, yeah. So uh, basically, um, through a... You know, I can kind of gloss through a bit of this, but they... Yeah, a lot of fight scenes. Yeah, but Shard, Shard and um, Bishop basically explain... Oh, my God. Last week with this back one, I time. promise. Okay, so uh, basically the fighting is continuing. We see a few of the acolytes in the battle as well. We also see giant, a uh, different version of Giant Man overhead, the red costume yeah, version. The red one. So we see Goliath. When did he change costumes? Well, I think they're maybe two different people in this timeline, perhaps. Yeah. But uh, as there, it's funny because you see a lot of these little cameos, people just fighting overhead or flying by or something like that, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. The animation in this episode isn't. I think it might be the B team. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, um, you know, there's some interesting stuff, some cool designs on the robots, too. But as the battle continues, basically, the the rest of them move on to the X-Mansion where they're trying to find, uh, you know, safety. But when they have a quiet moment, the um, Shard and Bishop reveal to Storm and Wolverine the way that the world, our world was and how Xavier had done so much. The two of them are sort of amazed that one man could have had such an impact on the uh, on the world. But one man's worth, you might say. With your help, we're going to save the life of Charles Xavier. Who is Charles Xavier? So they run through basically all the stuff he did with the government and all that sort of stuff and making changes. But then uh, Bishop explains that uh, there's another mutant from the future named. uh, Well, we also see what Bishop's timeline looks like, you know, and where he got to that point. Um, I I like this line, too. Wolverine, you and Storm worked with him. It was a constant struggle. But it was better than this. Much better. <laughs> like, it still sucks, but, you know, it's better than this. At least I got to have a picnic every once in a while, which is what they were having before all this got interrupted. <laughs> You'll face constant attacks and prejudice, but... Yeah, yeah but, Something you know, at least, it's, at least you get to go to the mall occasionally or, you know, go yeah, to the exactly. beach or, you know, yeah. get, get a vacation Skiing. away. Ski, yeah, sometimes. Oh, right, and maybe visit a monster in uh, the Swiss Alps. So basically, they learn that in their timeline, there's a mutant named Fitzroy who sold out the mutant race to the Master Mold, basically, agreeing to go back in time. Yeah, with his little psychic bantam, who agrees to go back in time. The most 90s of X-Men villains. Fitzroy? Was his name Fitzroy in the comic? Or is he a a Yeah, Trevor Fitzroy. He does look very 90s. Um, Oh, yeah. With a green hair. Actually, is he supposed to be Gideon? He looks very much like Gideon. No. He looks very much like him. He's got the little black thing. and He the... kind of looks like Black Tom Cassidy, too. He's like a he's... mixture between Black Tom Cassidy and Gideon. Actually, I would say he's more of a mixture between Gideon and Bastion with his designs. He's got that black 
little thing that goes under his lip like that anyway so uh he um he goes back in time basically with the help of master mold to get rid of xavier and change xavier's influence on mutant kind which is kind of funny to me whenever someone does stuff like this because you're like i'm going to send you back in time to change the timeline so that xavier is never around but like you won't even know that you did this if the guy succeeds like you'll never know that your timeline is care, different or that anything changed you would just be in your new reality and never know that anything was ever different i, I guess, guess that's, that's the goal shitty reality yeah that's the goal Maybe they don't want to remember all the horrible stuff they've been through, too. You know? Well, I suppose they'd just be happy to live in a world where, uh, you know, um, they got what they wanted. Live in so, a world uh, where on Tuesday nights, you can listen to us talk about X-Men. That's, that's the right. world they want to live in. It's a pretty good world. So yeah. Fitzroy, Bantam, and uh, a Nimrod are sent back in time by Master Mold to kill Professor Xavier, basically. and that's, Nimrod's and, back! And they succeed, which is why we have the world we live in now with uh, these alternate versions of the X-Men. But Bishop convinces Storm and um, Cyclops after letting... Um, actually, no, that, that's a little later. Uh, but anyway, they, they convince them that they need to come back with them in the past and help them save Professor Xavier to save reality and put the timeline back the way it should. Um, of course, the two of the tapes. If we find a way to save this Xavier clown, we'll end up working together, but not being together. Yeah, which actually is uh, uh, an interesting, like, it's a fairly interesting story. Um, the idea that, mm -hmm. like, you found the love of your life and you're happy, but if you fix the timeline and save all these lives, you won't be together anymore. And it's like a, a real sacri hero sacrifice, if you will. It's kind of similar to the, um, you know, uh, spot the new Spider-Man movie, uh, Far From Earth. Wait, No Way Home. Um, it shows you, know, you there are different perspectives on it, too, Storm's like, well, isn't this more important? You know, saving the world, and he's just like, "Well, why would I care about anything else?" Which is very reflective of Wolverine. And there's even a moment just where wants they, happiness because he's never had it. Where Storm says, "We have to do this," and Wolverine says, "Okay." But there's like a moment where they really linger mm. on Wolverine's face, indicating that maybe he's mm. not going to go through with it, or that he doesn't. Uh -huh. So we'll see what happens in part two. I guess uh, this is the two part episode. If you didn't guess from the part, the fact that this was called part one. But anyway, they do end up going yeah. back in time to uh, the uh, 1959 May 11th. And uh, we see young Charles Xavier walking around campus, uh, talking My to someone. Darling, would you condemn the whole world just to keep our love? You bet I would. Why would I very care Wolverine about answer. anything else? Why would I care about anything else? Love it. Yeah, that's very Wolverine moment, and they they stayed very true to the character. And like I said, very interesting. This is like some interesting stuff in this. It's not just bubble gum. There's like some real drama and real sacrifice involved mm -hmm. which is interesting this is a great I, episode it is a great episode from it is rating. a great 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 episode um i love 50s charles with his little cardigan not his cardigan but his little v-neck sweater uh you know and his other buddies cardigan oh, and then the, yeah it's very very there 50s is. yeah looking looking pretty sly and <laughs> that looking sharp that yellow, you want a yellow, a yellow undershirt with a brown tie and a light blue sweater on top of it, and brown pants, dark brown pants. He Very, stole his style from Stan Lee. My God, um, so some fun banter. Oh my God, why is why that the scene? Is that the scene where Bishop's falling back through time? Is that what it sounds like? Yeah. Okay. So there's some fun, you know, intellectual banter, but then uh, Charles is put upon by the mutants who um, have to basically go to a local coffee house with them to convince them, uh, um, you know, that what's going on in the future, um, which is kind of fun. 
However, this scene is interesting because they go to this little cafe and then the, the bartender is upset or angry that they're there. And you think it might be because they're mutants, but we come to find out it's because there are African-Americans at the table. Uh, and this is the 50s where uh, segregation was still very much a reality of the, of the United States. So, um, and it's even, bro, you must have this line from Storm when he gets mad at them for the black people being in his store. No, I don't. Oh, that's a great line. She says, what? They're they're judging us based on skin color. She's like, it's so... yeah." It's so archaic. It's almost like laughably cute. Like, like it's not even like something that's a thing anymore in their timeline, which makes yeah. me wonder if their timeline might be the better one. But uh, I got that one. I was at the end there. I was just grabbing clips. Oh my god! I'm never grabbing clips again. So the guy that runs the cafe is obviously a, a dink. Um, but basically, yeah. they, they're showing Charles footage of of the future, and he's not really buying it until they let him read their minds and see. Uh, see what the future has in store and then he kind of believes them but he's still overwhelmed by if all this stuff could time travel without you mutants, we would yes that's why master mold needed idea. fitzroy because he needed his yeah. ability to be able to do this so um so we see the uh, the guy get angry come over get mad at them for uh and also he notices that that uh Wolverine and Storm are wearing matching wedding bands. So he's aware that they're an interracial couple, which seems to anger him even more. Mm-hmm. So he can, and it's not the fact that they're wearing these weird 80s clothing. Like for the 50s, these guys really don't fit in. Like they wouldn't fit into the 90s, but they really don't fit into the 50s. It's like glowing armor and like bright blues and yellows and all these colors that are like. This is a serious episode. This is great stuff. Yeah, so the, the guy gets up. Well, two things I find hilarious is the guy's upset that these these black people are in his restaurant. And then uh, he just yells Rocco and what's the other guy's name? Like two oh. thugs that are just hanging out in the back that are dressed in suits. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like they're mafia or something. They just come out of nowhere and, and attack them because they're, they're in this guy's restaurant. Um, and basically a battle ensues. But we see a local, well, when they first go in the restaurant, which I forgot to mention, um, Shard says something like, "Oh, these are the hippies, like of the past." Right? Oh, you we got ahead of me there. That's why I maybe I do have that. That one's good. Know. Well, that one I know I have. Okay, you got that one's really good. You got to play so that, that one. Succeed, and you shall be the most powerful mutant alive. I'll be the only mutant alive. Well said. <laughs> oh, yeah, Master Mold might be the most pithy of all X Men villains in this yeah, series, he's and good. he's, he's uh, a a cyborg head. And like, he had a body in that says, says that a thing says is possible. Thing is possible. Oh yeah, this is what says that a thing is possible. He is almost always right. But when, but he, when says he says a thing, a thing is impossible, impossible he, is he is almost always, always wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, this is him. They're, you know, debating. And but Charles. evolution just isn't that quirky. We change gradually for a purpose. Well, you know that is one way it happens for sure but there is also a random mutation which bishop reminds you are wrong charles single generation mutations are possible we are both living proof of it we're both living and then the line you're looking for so these were the hippie days beatnik days shard hippies came later man yeah, man. That's what he said. That's what I couldn't remember. He said something that was very hippie-ish, which I thought was funny. I love how quaint that is because, like, their future is like 2050, which is actually pretty close to our timeline as well, about 20 years from now. Um, 2055, I think their year is. So it's not, you know, as far as the timeline gets, how quaint hippies would be. 
at that point it would be like 100 years ago almost so uh time travel parallel futures mutants and assassins you can't expect me to believe all this <laughs> oh they do they do Charles. i'll take those mm, i want to see if i can get these guys coffee it's been a while Wolverine grabs that coffee. Man, imagine though, imagine you haven't had real coffee in like a decade. Or you don't drink coffee, do you? Uh, iced coffee, yeah. Um, but I just buy the jugs of it and pour one in the morning and have it my way to work. So Moose and Rocco are the names of this. The yeah, thugs Moose that he, and Rocco. That he yells from the back. They come out wearing like suits. They're both shred, like just jacked, like man, like massive. They both, they all look like uh, Ox from the uh, the Enforcers. And yeah. <laughs> they, they both just come out. Which is funny because they're not wearing very 80s outfits either. One guy's wearing a suit, which kind of works. The other guy's got like a, a vest rolled up sleeves and uh, and he's got a bowl cut. Like, But anyway, it's <laughs> and there's even a little cameo here, which you I'll bring up as one of my one of my, um, sure. my next points later. Are you familiar with what I'm going to say about this scene? All I'll say, all I'll say, is, that a, all I'll say is that a local patron helps them during the fight. And Wolverine gives them the thumbs up and then the fight continues on. So, um, do you remember that scene? Mm-hmm. If not, you'll be surprised later, which is great. So, basically, they disperse with the thugs and get out of there. Uh, we see that Nimrod has arrived. They first think that it's Charles who got uh, ran off in the fight, but it turns out to be Nimrod in disguise. So they get in a fight with Nimrod, and this is mirroring back to what we had seen at the start of the episode, where they start fighting Nimrod. And uh, during the during the fight, Charles is still struggling with his future and runs out to decide to, to be heroic and help them. But as he does, he triggers the bomb that's connected to the front door of the building he's in. And then we get an inexplicably strange slow motion moment. Everybody's like, that's the end. While we see the bomb blow up, and that's the end of the episode. So, crack the heavens, remove this abomination. Oh my God! Why? Why? <laughs> no one B- ever, ever download Death Counter and Soundboard. It poor is Beast useless. is just struggling through time, left and right. Or poor Bishop is through time. Oh my God, it's still going. He's just falling through time, left and right. Beatnik days, Shard. Hippies came later, man. Man. <laughs> Are you just going through all of them? I'll see No. Oh, that's what yeah, Storm's so. line is: uh, skin color prejudice. That's so pathetic; it's almost quaint. Oh which yeah, those, which that is, is nice a great line. line. Yeah. Should End of episode. But so the 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 the, the, the Ouroboros, the snake eats its own tail. The fun time travel. That this this is the version of time travel I like. The one where you can't mm. escape it. You either you have to find yeah. a way within it to get out of it. Otherwise, you're trapped within it. Um, but you mm. but the rules of what's come has come, and you can't really undo it. But with X-Men and with time travel in a lot of ways, it's always depicted differently depending on whatever thing you're... As long as someone agrees to the rules of time travel and sticks with them, it works for me. But you you either got to pick that it can change or can't and then stick to it. Just pick one way or another. Yeah, I agree. All right. This is a good time travel story. Things can get pretty timey-wimey, but... Oh, yes. No, this this one's real good. Better than the last one where they just kept sending him back and back and back. <laughs> Forge just like, hi, you're back again. I You've got to do it again, Forge. This one, at least the story progresses a bit. 
I'll start us off. I'm giving this one a 10. This one was fantastic. Pretty much a perfect episode of this uh, show, even with maybe perhaps the B team doing the animation. Tons of timey-wimey stuff, like very topical, um, not topical per se, but historical. Uh, yeah, fun. Themes like uh, racism and things like that. And uh, yeah. That's the future stuff. The The AOA stuff's really cool, which wasn't ever my favorite story in Age of Apocalypse, but it's fun seeing it here. In their I have the, um, I have the, the giant, I think I might have put, pulled it out on the, as a recommendation at one point, but I have the Age of Apocalypse Omnibus. I mean, I may, might have to dust it off and read it too, because uh, it, it looks like it'd be a fun ride. It's a big book, but it's a lot to it. Oh, yeah. It's a well, book. I'm going to give this and X as well. It's a great episode. I loved it. All the cameos were fun. All the story stuff was fun. The time travel stuff was yeah. fun. I, I'm a sucker for a good back to the future. We had to go back and save somebody to save the future kind of kind of storyline when it's done well. And I feel like this one was done well. Seeing all the different character designs is really a treat. And seeing them all in action in this future, even if we don't really know much about them, just seeing them was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah. And Next. even a nod to Morph. The morph <laughs> and even the, the fun Ben Riley Scarlet Spider back when he was in his fun red. That's his, crazy. Red and blue hoodie days, which is fun. Well, let's see what else we can mine out of this episode here with our uncanny X points. I shall start because I don't want you to steal mine. Uh, the story is loosely based on the Age of Apocalypse comic event from 95 to 96. However, instead of fighting Apocalypse, the mutants are fighting for survival against humans. The majority, majority of the Age of Apocalypse influence is seen in the alternate appearances of the characters, mostly. Uh, but in this version, Legion, who originally traveled back in time to kill Magneto but killed Professor Xavier by mistake, is replaced by Fitzroy, uh, Bantam, and Nimrod, who intend to kill Professor Xavier from the start. So that's that's the key differences between the Age of Apocalypse storyline and this one. Uh, we do get a world without Xavier, which is basically the Age of Apocalypse world, but the method of how we got there has changed. Because we haven't established We're, Legion or any of that stuff later. It seems odd that to not use somebody else, you know, to, to make to use a villain that's someone we had, you know, like Fitzroy and someone we've never seen before. But I guess it makes sense within the context of the story that they're from the future. So we wouldn't have met them yet because they're from Bishop's future. So yeah. I think it's nice to introduce a new villain in that's fair. It just seems like uh, some pretty big stakes, but uh, but I like it. I think it's good. Okay. My ex point they misspelled Houston when they do the credits at the start of this episode. Oh, really? Larry Houston. Yes, they left out the O. Oh, it's poor just Larry. Larry H U S T O N. He deserves better. All right. Back to you. <laughs> well, as I mentioned earlier during the bar fight, a certain patron uh, pulls the rug out from either Moose or Rocco, so he falls on his face when he's fighting Wolverine, and Wolverine gives him the thumbs up. And that character is very obviously uh Marlon Brando. Uh he's wearing the outfit. What? He's wearing the outfit that he does in On the Waterfront. He looks exactly like him. So that's obviously a little nod to that movie, which takes place in the 50s. And uh, and Marlon Brando himself wow. as an actor. So it's a little Anything nod to a, a very classic film, which should be on your film list oh, at yeah. some point there. Uh, oh, it's, it's I think it's there somewhere. On the Waterfront? Yeah. You guys must have these yeah. planned out for days. I have a couple seasons planned out already. Well, um, I don't mess around. I see that. 
Um, okay, this one, I love the, the start of this episode. See, yeah, this episode is so many things I love. I love that it gets into Storm's love of nature and mm-hmm. botany. Uh, yeah. something true. they touch on often enough in the comics. Like, her room, if you look at the mansion, hers is, like, at the very top. And it looks like it used to be, like, maybe some, like, a converted balcony or something. Because it's all open with glass. And it's just full of plants. And, you know, she waters them with her powers and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. But she loves plants and nature. And I like that they showed a little bit of that. Given that aspect of my beloved Storm's personality. And an aspect she and I share a little love. Oh, very nice. Very nice, very nice. Um, I had a point here. Uh, there was a I mean, what f- aspects of our personalities don't Storm and I share? Let's be real. Be real here. Uh, fun little goof I just noticed. Uh, when Fitzroy opens the portal to go to the past, he's outside on a porch uh, before getting shot at by Chardon Bishop. Uh, when he finally jumps in, he's shown to be inside near a window with curtains. So, like, he jumped through a portal to a different place and wound up somewhere else. So, usually through the portal, you saw where he was going, but it wasn't quite the same. So, hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, back to me. Well, I like that they say... So, this is an interesting kind of parallel. They don't really spell out to you, but it's there. Um, they say, without Magneto, they lose the war. Mm-hmm. But what this whole story is about is without Xavier they lose the peace so it shows you the two aspects of those characters that make them different Xavier and Magneto and like one of them they need because you know he's the battle guy when things really get bad for mutants it's Magneto that's going to stand up and do something about it <laughs> and yeah, and, and Xavier's the opposite he's the guy who wants to toe the good line to try to convince <laughs> the humans to see things their their way and get there through peace, and I just thought that was interesting, and they that was probably my favorite line in mm. the episode. Um, all right, for mine, I, I will just a side note. I like that Beast is only seen in the the alternate future. We don't see him in the past, which is kind of fun. Um, hmm. But just to give you like a, a line, same with Magneto and all the others. But just to give you a line, like the, here's a, a, a all of the cameos. I'm going to list them from this episode. Wow. Um, so we get Captain America, Scarlet Spider, Iron Man, who I'm guessing is that version of that we couldn't figure out. Goliath, Wasp, Black Widow, Hercules. So those are the Avengers characters we see briefly. Uh, well, I'm not going to count all the ones that we know, like Nimrod and those guys, Forge. Then the others that are seen during the battle or somewhere in the background or running around is Magneto, Blob, Rogue, Copycat, Pyro, Gambit, Jean Grey, Sunder, Beast, Sabretooth, Angel, Colossus, Mr. Sinister, Nightcrawler, Tar Baby, which is kind of an offensive name. Morph. They mentioned Mimic yet? Caliban, Callisto, Mask, uh, Mastermind, Nightcrawler, Sunfire, Banshee, Polaris, Frenzy, Holocaust, Mimic, Wildchild, Blink, Malcolm, Randall, and Lobdell. What? Where was Blink? I didn't notice Blink or Frenzy. There's a lot of those I didn't notice. I'm going to have to go back and watch this episode. They may be in the next episode. They happen so fast. They may be in the next episode, but I do see okay. a screen cap of her. So she's a member of the mutant resistance in the Xavier less timeline. So it may be the next one, but this is the list that's shown for this episode, but sometimes they get it twisted and they, they have different things when in a double, in a double episode, sometimes they, they lob those things together. So it may be the next one, but still, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of folks to see running around in the background. Oh, it's crazy. 
I mean, I, I did rewind a bunch of times while I was watching. Yeah, me too. Like, I just paused a bunch of stuff. But yeah, even uh, Mask yeah. in the background is kind of neat. Like it's an obscure character. Well, Mask actually is who Rogue's holding when they fly in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Back to me. This is my fourth one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. Okay, the land crabs. Yeah. They look familiar to you. Yeah, they look like AT-AT walkers, kind of. From- they were just AT-ATs. Yeah. Like red-painted AT-ATs from Star Wars. Well, they were like things that were more crab-like, and then the bigger things that were kind of moving them around were the things that were like the AT-ATs. Yeah. But, they, but I, you know what's funny? Because me and a buddy argued forever about the pronunciation of those. I always sure said AT-ATs. Well, there's evidence that it is AT-AT because there were toy commercials that called them AT-ATs. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's yes, the intent. Does, okay. Well, okay. Well, there's an ATST. So we call those at stews. Yes, at street. At stew. At streets. No, that's what I mean. The ATST shouldn't. It's not called at stew. It's called an ATST. Mm-hmm. So it's strange okay, to me. That's it's called fair. at at. That's fair. But anyway, I might be on your side now. I might be. Well, it's all right. There are commercials side, that are like say at at in them, like. Um, which is, you know, uh, my final point, I mean, aside from the costumes, which I mentioned and I loved, um, which is pretty cool, mm. is the the neat parallel that like in the 90s, the prejudice is purely between humans and mutants. It's like humans have found something to unify us beyond just hating each other for our skin color or where we're from. It's like we hate mutants now instead. It's like if you're human, if you're a black human, you're still human. Good enough for me. But it's like, the past it's so quaint that they just dislike each other based on prejudice of skin color that like storm is really taken with how ridiculous that is. So it's even stupider than the one that they're like the real prejudice that comes from the so it's like, wow, you guys really don't have any real problems here. Do you? Yeah. Like, like, like you're literally <laughs> just petty, like, Oh, it's like... so, it's so quaint. It's so dumb. Like, uh, yeah. I thought that was quite clever and, uh, I enjoyed that, that little, little nod to, uh, yeah, cause great. you know, the, like the kids watching the show at the time, those are, Maybe savvy enough to, to have, yeah, who have savvy enough to have known or, or know the world a little bit, or at least maybe know the prejudice exists, may, uh, may, that may resonate in some manner in which they're like, well, we still have to deal with that. So that's how stupid this is. And we still today, even, you know, the 30 years later, are dealing with the stupid shit. So, you know, mm-hmm. time marches on. Indeed, it does. Sometimes it crawls on. Yeah. Um, uh, well, my last point, I suppose, I'll just shine a little light on Storm and Wolverine's relationship. Yeah, I love, I love it, it too. Me too. Um, they're in the comics. They're my, each my favorite partner for the other, and they, like I say, Storm's dated Forge and married T'Challa. She's not interesting or good with either of them. Okay with Forge. I like her and Forge's relationship. Okay, but her and Wolverine have just been through so much together. They just don't hide anything they're just very upfront and persnickety with each other it's quite nice and you know and she's one person who can sort of command the respect and like you know st- stop wolverine's role you know <laughs> you know so she's great for him he's great for her uh, they're dating when he dies in the death of wolverine and i've talked about that scene many a time so when he came back they didn't pick it back planet. up no. She's like, well, I moved on. I th- yeah, I think she like reignited the old flame T'Challa again there for a bit. Yeah. 
Queen. Wolverine's yeah, not even yeah. dead for a year, and she's already running back to her ex. Yep. So it goes. Like, I think they were kind of, they were always very on and off again anyway. It was never a really serious thing. They sort of just always seemed to date each other when they didn't have anything else on the go. But I liked it better. I like, uh, than their other relationships. So I'd like to see them rekindle that yet again, hmm. if possible. Well, that yeah. was my final point. Let's move it on to. Hey. Hey, check this out. Check this out. This is our comic reminiscences and recommendations segment. So now I'll go first. Now I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, at least when we've had Bishop his first appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. This is his first appearance in the comic, so I'm pretty sure I've shown this before. But okay, I'm going to highlight this in the background in, there. In that one of those characters. Eh? The guy really? to the bottom right, isn't that Malcolm? He makes an appearance in the seventh. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there he is. And I think the other guy is the other guy, Randall, because I think he makes an appearance too. Yeah, he does. So yeah, the, the two yeah, of them make both appearances there. in the background of this episode when they're helping Bishop. So that might be the next episode, is it? Or is that this episode? I think it's when you see Either some, way. some story in the flashbacks that they're they're showing. So Uncanny X-Men two eighty one. This is the beginning of the new era. This is the first gold team issue. Um, written by John Byrne, uh, art by Jim John Lee, Byrne. Will Sportacio. This is this is good stuff here, and this is the first Trevor Fitzroy. Um, he goes back in time to you know not to murder Professor Xavier per se, but he's back there, kind of moving and shaking. Like he is descended, it seems, from Sebastian Shaw. And he goes back there and he starts something up called the Upstarts and he's in with the Hellfire Club. And, you know, but he's up to some shenanigans for sure. So it still means Bishop has to come back and stop him. And that's the first Bishop. And this is also the first Bantam. Ah, yes. Could be worth money there, first Bantam. The sweet, sweet first Bantam. Very nice. Um, and then the story, it's a three-issue story, so it ends in Uncanny X-Men 283. And uh, it's a great story. First Trevor Fitzroy. That's all I'm going to say. All right, I don't want to spoil too much. But, you know, Jean supposedly dies in it, but she actually just puts her consciousness into, Jean, or into Emma Frost. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening here. It's a good story, though. Check it out. Like, they, Fitzroy shows up and he murders a bunch of the Hellions, like, right off the start. Like, Fitzroy. Oh, yeah. And then, like, he murders a couple more of them in the next issue in 282 there. He's just, like, laying out the Hellions. So, <laughs> yep. Fitzroy, not, not, not the best guy. Not the best fella. <laughs> murders children. What a dick. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, well, for my comic recommendation, I'm going to go with the Southland Tales prequel comic book that explodes oh itself. <laughs> oh I could help myself. I was that episode. Here. I was Get like, I have to. Here. I have to talk to you. So this this is the first three parts. I can't you wasted leaders. your money on that. Uh, I got you it for like money. five bucks. Um, because what I am a waste of five bucks. Well, you haven't read it yet. It might be good. Maybe it's superior in the no, movie. You don't can't. know. My actual recommendation that, is that um, movie is the most cynical garbage trash I've ever seen. But anyway, 
Uh, well, my actual recommendation is Brian Leo Malley, who most people know for oh yeah, uh, Scott excellent. Pilgrim, did another series mm-hmm. called Snot Girl, which yeah, Snot Girl. Uh, have you read it? No, but I've uh, I'm quite familiar with it. I've, I've read, read a lot two, of panels from it and stuff. Um, the first two trades were at my local thrift place, new to you, and they were like no way. Each. They were a buck each, so I picked them up and uh, I read the first. Man, two. I picked those up for a buck. I ended up buying the third one just because I was curious because that's all three. I think there's more coming, but that's the full thing that's been released so far. So I grabbed the third one on Amazon um, just so I could get all of them. I've read the third one yet, but it's yeah, it's an interesting book. It's like very plugged into like modern culture when it comes to like Instagram yeah. influencers and that sort so that's of what thing. it's about. Like, she's yeah, super but there's also like, but she's constantly got a runny nose. Yeah, because she has really bad allergies. Um, and obviously, they do the parallel with her hair being green and all that sort of stuff, and they color her her mucus green whenever that happens. But uh, it's almost um, Lynchian in its storytelling. There's like a weird sub thing going on that's like, it's almost like a thriller. Like there's a mystery, but it's like, it's very slow fed to you. Um, I think it behooves you to read it all at once than it does to like do it on drip feeds or reading it by issues. It might uh, be a little tougher to follow it all. But overall, it's a very interesting story with, um, and I'm not quite sure where it's headed yet, but all said and done, it's uh, it's very not at all what I expected. I'm actually really enjoying it. So uh, check it out. Snot Girl. Brian Lee O'Malley. Art by Leslie Hung. And there's three volumes. I like the, I like the art style. It's, it's very Yeah, cool. it's really nice. Yeah, it's a very cool art style. It's funny. Considering I, I picked these up and new to you, I noticed when I, I was reading them in the bathtub, because uh, I have a jet, a jet tub. And uh, when I was sitting in it, I opened one of the pages and like a piece of paper fell out. And then I realized that whoever had the book before ripped some pages out. I'm guessing they must have used them as a wallpaper or something in their home. Not that uh, I need the pinups that badly. It's fine. The, the story's still intact, which is all I really cared about. Considering it was a buck, it's well worth it. So, yeah, pinups, it's nothing. And, and the Southland Tales trade, go read that. Oh my God, don't waste your time on anything Southland Tales, please. Okay. It's... Listen to my podcast about it, y'all. You'll be convinced to not watch it. You were very harsh. Murphy even let me downgrade it to a C movie. Very harsh. Later on. Yeah. He another episode, you went all the way back to that? Ridiculous. Yeah, he wanted to pick a movie instead of me, so I'm like, and he's and he offered Honestly, the movies you guys Lantern. dislike make me want to watch those movies more. <laughs> you're, you're so <laughs> adamant not. about it. I'm like, I think I need to watch uh, Gattaca, which I've never seen, and uh, Southland. You've never seen Gattaca? No. no. I think I'm going to have to watch it. It sounded interesting. It, I liked it. Like, I, it was good. It just doesn't hold up very well which is the point of the podcast i guess like i remember liking gattaca then we watched it i'm like god this is kind of boring isn't it but yeah like, maybe so yeah but like a, a movie about those themes now would be written better and more interesting i think and i don't say yeah that but once again you gotta put it into context but, but that's i guess yeah. the point of it being a hold up is that like in the context yeah. of when it first came yeah. out it was unique and different I know, like at yeah. that time, this is like the world of like Gattaca and Johnny Mnemonic and all these weird, like, hey, we're going to do sci-fi now stuff about the internet. But yeah. now it's everywhere. There's so done, much about that now. And it's yeah. been done infinitely better by other people now because yeah, they've exactly. had it all and, and more so to go on. But Yeah. Right. Well, moving on to Andre's favorite theme. Where's your remote taking us other than to my movie podcast? Well, 
I'm going to suggest the Arrow Blu-ray release of Southland Tales. Uh, oh my god, what are you doing? What are you doing? You wasted your money on that too? You're I rolling buy. in the dough. Are you going to go swim in your coins like Scrooge McDuck when we're done here? Listen, Southland Tales is an epic jaunt through a, a dystopian future in which... <laughs> um, no, I bought actually I bought that in I think it was Ireland or Scotland, and uh, it's a region free disc, and it was like five bucks, but in, in exchange. So, and I've always wanted to see it. I've actually bucks. never gotten to watch it. You know, what? I am going to watch it, and I'll let you know what I think. And it's got the director's cut, so I'm curious as to maybe that makes it more watchable. My actual recommendation can't make it less watchable. My actual recommendation, and it's only because I totally forgot about the before or '90s or before um, thing. So. Because of that, I could try to grab something else, but I might just uh, re- recommend this. Don't worry about that. All right, you've been straying from that all over the place, anyway. No, I haven't actually. Have I, I No, oh. I talk about new movies, but I generally stick to it. Um, okay. I was thinking about movies that involve time travel and ones that involve mm-hmm. the cyclical mm-hmm. nature of time travel. I mean, there are movies it's coming up there. on Hold Up soon as well. I'm assuming time you guys are probably going to do um, uh, what's that one uh, that everybody likes? That really low budget one that was uh, very popular. The time travel one is coming. It'll come to me in a minute. Not pie, but it's like that. It's something that's like two guys in a garage, and it's like super low budget movie. Primer. Time travel. What is it? Primer. Primer. That's the one. I'm assuming that's. Yeah, time. that was my pick. Of course it is. Well, that's that's. <laughs> no, it's the new movie. I was going to say it's after the '90s. I so, know. Uh, I told. I took Murphy's pick, and he took one of my old picks, and he picked time after time. Oh, the one about Jack H.G. Wells fighting Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I think so. Well, I've never yeah. seen it. Well, yeah, David Warner's in it. And I know you know him from Star Trek. So he was going to pick cool. either that or Time Bandits. I was like Time Bandits, Time Bandits, and he went with the other one. But that's you guys fun. pick your third movie already for time travel. Yep. All right. So I I was say, this one might be the uh, 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 an interesting one for you guys to watch. Um, I'll tell you. So, what it is. well, this movie is called uh, Time Crimes, and it's by Nacho Vig Vigalante. Nacho Libre. No, Nacho Vigalandu, who um, it's a Spanish film, but it's very good. It's one of the best versions of Trapped in a Time Loop uh, I've ever seen, in which a guy initially stumbles across uh, in his backyard, the woods behind his home, stumbles across a scientist laboratory thing in the woods where he gets roped into being involved in a time travel experiment and then ends up having to try to put it right by going back in time multiple times through very timelines and then have to rectify the different versions of himself running around because uh, the same version of him is going back in, in time at various points. So um, it's one of the best of these type of movies, like the one where, and, and it does a really good job of keeping it straight. And if you're paying attention, you can follow everything in which you see all these different versions of one guy running around because of Aaron time travel in different points in his own time. Even time cop? Yes, drastically better than that. It's very low budget, <laughs> but Nacho Vigalandu has uh, kind of become more of a, a name in movies lately. This is the movie that sort of put him on the map and led him to doing other movies, most notably the one with Anne Hathaway, Colossal, in which um, she inadvertently controls a giant kaiju that appears in South Korea that came out a few years ago. Um, it's her and uh, Jason Sudeikis are both in it, which is fantastic. But uh, that movie is—if you haven't seen that one—I highly suggest. That's a normal English language one. It's fantastic, and you will believe Jason Sudeikis should play a villain in more movies because he is terrifying. Oh, yeah. in that movie. But check out this one: Time Crimes, 
Nacho Vigilando, uh, Vigilando, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. And as far as these sort of cyclical time travel stories go, it's the best one of those I've ever seen. Check it out. Well worth watching. Well, um, do you have a time travel video game? We didn't actually pick. We didn't actually pick the third. You should do this one. No, no, because we have a guest. It's their pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it me? Doesn't Jeff's coming on that episode? Oh, okay. I invited you on several times. I can only take so much rejection. I'm a busy dude. I want to do it. (laughs) I just don't have nine hours to record a podcast on a Sunday. It's a long one. All right. Well. Yeah, well, check it out, everyone. Timey-wimey stuff. No, I don't have a time travel video game. I couldn't think of any, but I didn't think to think of any. So you can't think of any time travel video it. games from the, uh, from the, the top NES of my head. days? How far back do you I'll go? Did it. you check out after SNES, or is it NES is where you stop? No, I like 64 quite a bit, though, as far as oh, Hold so Up 60... goes. 64 does not. Um, it's just quite clunky. It was it was trying to push oh, new tech. come on. GoldenEye. WrestleMania Gold 2000. It's hard to go back and play now. Pod Racer, Perfect Dark, Super Mario 64. Great. All great, movie, all, all great Dark. games. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mario Kart 64 is fantastic. Um, oh, look, I love 64. It's just not nearly as good as the system as Super Nintendo. The Legend and of Zelda. I, There's a great time I, game for you. Yeah, Ocarina. Ocarina. Turok sure, Dinosaur Ocarina Hunter. That's about time That's travel. That's a good one. It's okay. Yeah, I used to rent that one. Um, yeah, I did check out after 64, though. I never got a GameCube. Body Harvest I, is a big one. Then I got a Wii once it was already like six years old. Yeah, I got a so. PS5. That's generally my go to right now. We got all that stuff here, too. I just don't play them. Um, what do you so have? So, my Tiffany plays them. Oh, well, she has good taste. Yeah. Not well, in partners, but in. What are you doing? Playing with oh! Not in fathers of her children. I'm kidding. She is excellent yeah. taste. In, she has excellent taste in, in partners and uh, co-parents. Excellent. 16-bit gaming with Super Nintendo Scalehorn. I am going back to the Super Nintendo because why? All the best games are for that system. Uh, and the one I'm choosing, I don't actually have a physical copy of here because I only ever rented it. But I Ooh, next time yeah. I see it, I'm gonna buy it. I would like to make a, a just a caveat in this category at the very end. I'll be yes. fast. About a time travel yes, game. Yes. You, you do your thing. I'll just try it at the end. Okay. Well, back to what I was doing. Before Sorry. I was so rudely Sorry. Sorry. No worries. I usually do the interrupting. The gym's um, got me. Ooh. X-Men it. Mutant Apocalypse. Ow. I love it. This is a great game. <laughs> I, I don't love, love it as much. I game without calling, without Apocalypse being the villain. If they call it Mutant Apocalypse, they made the villain like... Toad Fitzroy, <laughs> yeah, Fitzroy. <laughs> the evil Fitzroy. Oh, the kids like Who the, the evil Fitzroy. Fitzroy. Who is Fitzroy? Trevor or the bad guys? Trevor? <laughs> <His name is> Trevor. <laughs> Bullshit. No, no good villains named Trevor. But no, I, I love X Men Mutant Apocalypse. Like I don't like it as much as X Men for Sega because X Men for Sega is two players, and this one was not. I feel like they missed the ball on that, and it used to make me mad as a kid. But you get to be. Pick from these five characters here, Psylocke, Cyclops, Wolverine, Gambit, and Beast. They all have their own levels. Um, It's a fun game. Um, It's hard, like everything back in those days, but not too hard. It's not like, you know, Arcade's Revenge hard. Um, But check it out, everybody. Uh, It plays sort of like 
X-Men for Sega, but maybe a little more refined because it's for Super Nintendo. So it's like it plays a little smoother than X-Men. I just don't like it quite as much. But again, great game. If this was two players, it'd probably be my favorite game ever. Uh, great choice of characters. Beast is fun to play with because he can hang upside down and walk on the ceilings and that sort of stuff. He's very cool. Mm. Um, he's probably my favorite to play in this game, whereas Nightcrawler is my favorite to play in the Sega game. So, yeah, check it out, everybody. X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. It will be mine one day. It will be mine. It will my, be, my will be mine again. Oh, yes. My caveat, my caveat add-on to the time travel video games is Turtles mm -hmm. in Time. for the Oh, Nintendo. good Good one. Yeah. It's a fantastic time travel video game. Yeah, yeah. Another one that I don't have a physical copy of because I always just rent it. I um they recently put out the Cowabunga collection, which has like all of the old NES NES, Super NES, um Nintendo uh, Turtle games. So that's included. The, the arcade version and the SNES version are both on it. And, I'm one of those crazy people who will say good things about the first NES Turtles game. The whole that one's it's a overshadowed, tough game. of course. It's that's tough. tough oh, it's tough. Yeah, but it's fun. But yeah, check that one out. I actually recently, sometimes so when you play the arcade one, you can just hit, I think, start and give yourself extra quarters so you can just like have unlimited lives, essentially. So it's a great game just to play for fun. Like when I listen to records, I'll throw it on. This is just something to do. Because um, I like listening to records, but I don't just stand there and stare at the ceiling. So it's nice when you play games you don't need to listen to. Mm. to you know, I play a lot of the old uh, SNES classic or NES classics that way. Because uh, I have those two Very little cool. small systems that have all those games on oh, them. Right. So uh, yeah, they're fun. Right on, right on. I'm too old school for new school versions of old school things. It's just the same game with a different controller. Calm down. I know. I know. What is I this? There's a video game called Luigi and Mario Partners in Time. Role-playing oh, game for the DS. Oh, never mind. It's for the DS. Okay. It sounds like it's probably like a follow-up to Mario is Missing or something like that. Uh, maybe. Which, boy, the biggest I was ever fooled by a video game was Mario. Was Mario wasn't, in fact, missing. It was just, well, you just go around and talk to people. It's hardly even a game, and I was not expecting that from a Mario game in my youth. Yeah, that one. Which I guess it spun out into Luigi games, I think. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. Let's play a game. Why not? It'll be a quick one. Live remakes. It's our little twist on our expert casting segment. So, Andre, in the MCU, who plays Trevor Fitzroy? God. Um, hmm. He's got to kind of be a shitty character. Not, not like a shitty, but like kind of a young, sort of asshole-ish sort of character. Like a Quentin Quire type, but not Quentin Quire. Um, ooh. Older, plays older Trevor Fitzroy. Yes, a little bit older, but like that sort of like shit eating kind of like mm -hmm. you know the bully and like oh, a teen, in a teen movie kind of character. You know who I think would actually and is an actor. So not that he's in a lot of stuff, but uh, Dolph Ziggler, the actor from the the, the that's in the WWE, he would be good at that role. Is he a wrestler or an actor? He's a wrestler, but he does some acting more so wrestling. Oh, okay, all right. Fair enough. Casting a wrestler. 
Well, right. you know, l- okay, let me pick something that's maybe more less because people don't be familiar. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> no, Sudeikis is like, I mean, everyone knows him from uh, that feel good soccer show he's on Ted Lasso now. But um, I, I feel like I gotta think of someone that's like a like a skinny, jerky, kind of smarmy, smarmy, skinny character that's like got crazy unruly hair. Who's got crazy unruly hair these days? Who is a oh the guy that played Beaker in Beaker's Laboratory? That guy it, from that time period. He has to be that time period. Do you remember that no. show? Tall, skinny, kind of weird. I'm going with no. Beaker from Beaker's Laboratory. You're not feeling it? You don't know it. You never watched Beaker's Laboratory? Beaker. That sounds sort of familiar, but I can't picture it off my top of my head now. Interesting. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna cast Master Mold. Oh, okay. Because he's very pissy. Who's who's got the right his? I, I would have said James Spader before he was uh, Ultron. Oh God, so would I. Who's another Spader type? Um, I'm gonna have Mastermind played by Wrench oh. Spiner. I, I know who I who should play Fitzroy. Sorry. His okay, name is Billy Billy Magnuson. He okay. um, do you see the movie Game Night when like the couples are playing games? No, no okay. He's in a lot of. Do you see the live action Aladdin? No, okay. He's in I a lot these of live action remakes of Disney movies are a bit of an abomination. Oh come on, nobody's taking away make new movies. I agree. I agree movie. with you. I agree with you. But <laughs> make a new movie. Um, uh, it ain't all... broke. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's been in a lot of more modern movies, playing kind of a dickhead. Uh, did you see the last James Bond movie? He was in that. No, time no I haven't seen. I only saw one of the Daniel, whatever his name is, Daniel Craig. Craig. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. I saw so Casino anyway, Royale. That's fantastic. That's probably the best one of Daniel Craig's ones. I, think. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I actually one time when I was in Montreal, I went up for a friend's surprise 50th birthday party and. I went a few days earlier because I like Montreal. So I was like, I'm going to go, you know, do some stuff in the city. Although this is this was March of 2020 when I arrived there. And I'm pretty sure I had COVID at the time because I was like super sick. And uh, this is before we all knew about it. I wasn't like doing stuff that I shouldn't have when I shouldn't have. But I was sitting in Montreal eating a, a sandwich and I couldn't taste it at all, which is weird. And I Montreal smoked meat? Like, yep. And I couldn't taste it at all. It was like, and I was like, well, something's definitely wrong here. I thought it was because my sinuses were so full, but I'm pretty sure I had probably a COVID at that point. So, uh, all right, now we're going to cast Sheridan Bishop. Oh, oh, Bishop. You take Bishop. You know, as an actor, I really like. Um, he's going to actually, he's going to be joining the Marvel Universe soon enough, as soon as they've already announced it. He's playing Wonder Man. Does. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Abdin or whatever, the guy that's Mateen? playing. Uh, yeah. He's in the new Candyman movie. He played the Black Manta in the Aquaman movie. Um, so we already got him covered. Yeah, we already got him coming. Yeah, I always thought Chiwetel Ejiofor would have been good, but he's already Baron Mordo. He's already in there, yep. And uh, I like the guy from Nope, but he's also in there already because he's in the Black Panther really? movies. Really? Oh. Well, he's the Black Panther movies. He's um, he's um, the, oh, ball, yeah, yeah. the ball chick's partner. Um, he's Wakabi. That's his name. 
Well, you know, it's funny because almost everybody I would want to cast has already been in the Marvel Universe. Like, I was like, Idris Elba would be great in that role, also already there. Uh, Jamie Foxx would have been all right, also already there. Like, um, let's see if someone that's like a younger black actor. You know what? Common would be all right in that role. Common? Isn't he like 50? Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, but Bishop doesn't have to be young. True, Bishop doesn't have to be young. Be weathered. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We'll see. I don't know if I'm down with that pick, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Shard. Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, Shard. Who's going to think? Let me let me matriculate while you're thinking about Shard because I think I can come up with a better option. I'm going to go off the board with Shard. Off the board, where are we going? Gonna pick, yeah. I'm going to pick someone from a show I've watched recently that I enjoy quite a bit, Res Dogs. Oh, i got to watch um, that show. Reservation Dogs is great. Yeah, Mark Maron's yeah. in episode... Uh... Oh, I know who I'd cast as... As uh, as, okay. uh, as as Bishop. But anyway, Bishop. you continue. You continue talking about Shard. Sorry, go ahead. I'm going to pick uh, one of the people from that show. I'll pick... Uh, I'm going to pick, or maybe that she's too young. Well, maybe she can be Bishop's younger sister, right? Yeah, I don't know. Know. No How old do you figure Shard is? I don't know. 25? Say. Yeah, that's kind of tough. All right, well, I'm going to go off that. I'm going to save that pick for another time. So for Shard, he's now, that's tough. We don't know a lot about Shard. I could just say anybody, and it's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you could literally pick. It's a lot of options. Yeah, yeah, a lot of options. Um, all right, I'm just gonna go with the pick. I'm gonna say that the the I don't know her name. The actress who plays Willie Jack on Reservation. She's Willie hilarious. Jack. I just want her in the MCU doing something because I love that character. Shard. I'd like to save a bigger character for her, but until I think of something better, we'll cast her. Yeah, that works. Well, my my pick would have been, but I forgot that he was already in the uh, the Marvel universe. If only briefly, would have been uh, Sterling K. Brown, but he was uh, he Who's is uh, he he was he's on that show that everybody loves. The um, uh, what's that movie? This is Us. Black guy. He was in. Uh, he played um, Killmonger's father in Black Panther. You only see him in the flashback oh. when he gets killed by. Him. Oh yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. I just saw him in an episode of Boston Legal that was hard to watch, man. Uh, he was on the Marvelous. They Miss put Maisel him to too. death, and it is friggin' tough to watch. What he was really actor. good in the Marvelous Miss Maisel as well. Um, but he's a fantastic actor, and you know Marvel does recycle people sometimes. So, you know, maybe they could reuse them. But if they didn't, I would suggest John Boyega because I like him. I can see John Boyega as Bishop. He's young. He's, he's, I like that uh, one better. Yeah, yeah. let's go with I'll that go, pick. Because you know it's funny because most of the prominent young black actors in Hollywood today have been in Marvel movies already. Like literally, if you uh, like doing a skim of like who are the like the popular young black actors, like you know Jonathan Majors or any of these guys, Idris Elba. Then Idris Elba isn't young, but you know they've all been in Marvel movies already. So 
You know what? Now that you've picked John Boyega just to be funny, I'm going to change my shard pick. Save Willie Jack for a better character. And I'm going to cast Daisy Ridley as shard. I, I like her a lot. It's the same like Star Wars shoehorns people in a way. Like, I don't want to shit on it because I do love me some Star Wars. But, like, you know, they're great actors. Let them let them go. Like, she's a great actress. Let her go do some other stuff. She could be shard. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious as to how their family situation works out, but uh, you know, whatever. We had to stumble around, but we got there. I they're like our English. pitch. We got there. And they're already both owned by Disney. That's right. Well, I mean, Boyega yeah. seemed to have a relationship in. with the Star Wars people. He wasn't super happy with this, yeah. how he's depicted in the last no, few. makes sense. It's, yeah, I don't yeah, blame him. He wasn't done. depicted super well. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, we're getting there. We're getting to the end of this series. Um, it's still running on all cylinders. This is a 10 out of 10 from both of us. Mm-hmm. It's just the drop-off might be very uh, drastic in Season 5. It'll be interesting. I feel like our podcast is even going to have a whole different feel in Season 5. Oh, I based on everything <laughs> I've heard, I feel like 5 is going to be a real, real, like, slog. But we, I think we'll have yeah. fun with it, so... I think so too. It'll just it, have it, a bit it, of a different tone. And well, it, it actually like I'm glad that we have the announcement that there's a new thing coming because we didn't like if we knew this was the end and that was the end, I'll be a downer. So it would be a downer. But knowing that there's more yeah. coming, it makes it less depressing and sad because it's like we're going to get more and they're probably going to do a great job of it. So why yeah. not? Oh, Did you hear wait. the exciting news? Season. New news that came well, out I today think... about the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, but John Bernthal. Uh, John Bernthal's back as the Punisher. In the oh yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Oh yeah, that's anything else per- would have been a mistake. Of all the perfect casting, I always thought Frank Grillo yeah. would have been good in that role, but we already had him as Crossbones. But, uh, but Bernthal's way yeah. like the- Bernthal's, a, I think, a stronger actor. Yeah, um, it seems like this this Daredevil series is going to be a little more family friendly, less dark than the the Netflix one was. Um, Likely, but so. I'm, but I'm hoping that like they'll let because I've always. This is my complaint with some of this stuff. It's like the Punisher series I liked on Netflix, but it Me took too. us two it took us two seasons to just get him to be a guy wearing a skull shooting people. And you only get that at the end of the yeah. second season. Like I want to see the Punisher in the van with microchip going around fucking people up. Just doing like Garth Ennis's run on Punisher Max or Garth Ennis's run on Marvel Knights Punisher. Just Punisher being Punisher and then work a story into that. Like the I don't want to see another season long origin story. Uh, well, first we got like a season of Daredevil origin story, then his own series, which was just continuing on that origin story. Then the second season, which was still carrying on that origin story, and then wrapping it up at the end where he's finally the Punisher. And it's like I just want to see him be the Punisher in a van with a skull in his chest, shooting up punks. That's what I want to see. So I'm hoping we get some of that with microchip telling him who to go kill. That's right. Um, but it, it's the Netflix shows as much as i love them their downside was that they sort of fell back into the old problem with superhero movies where it's like superhero movies used to be ashamed to be superhero movies so that's why you know brian singer dressed all the x-men in black leather and stuff because you know every, they were they were ashamed of the material and it uh, came out in the final product i thought um so the Netflix series sort of felt like that a little bit where like they were ashamed to be making superhero shows so they just kind of we did as much out of that as they could. Like, how long did it take for us to get Daredevil in the Daredevil costume? The whole season. Yeah, you only got him at the end of season one. Yeah. And like, then they had a season two where he was in it, and then season three they got him out of it at the beginning and then didn't get him back in until the end. 
So it's like I just want to, yeah, like I just, but I do like Cage jumped into it a little better, a little quicker. I did. I love that series. I do. I did like him on on She Hulk, and I did like the the look of that costume. I thought it was kind of neat. I do. I do would like. Rumor has it Jessica Jones and Luke are coming back too. Same. Yeah, and then I bring back Danny Rand. I doubt it. You know, I didn't we'll mind see. that show. I thought Colleen. Lane I didn't mind guy, it either. The guy that played his brother was uh, Meacham was uh, was very good. I like. He was him. the star of that show. He was very good, and like the fact that his character came around and became like a hero towards the end of the series yeah. was almost a more redemptive arc than the main character. I was watching that show for him and Colleen, yeah. pretty much. Yes. Like the the problem with it was it's not that show. It's like the worst part of that show was Iron Fist. Yes. The and they only fun. give you again. It was a shame to be Iron Fist. They put him in the yellow bandana for like a flashback scene for like five seconds. It wasn't even him. It was Randall, the the one from the past that was wearing it. No, it was Danny. They was showed it? him doing a training montage, and he wore it. Oh, well, they was, showed a previous Iron Fist in a flashback that had the yellow bandana, but it was like the Randall. Too. What was his name? Randall. Yeah, this something. Something. Randall, Randall Meacham. No, it wasn't him. It was. Like in the, in oh, the right, right, right. The old in Brubaker's run on Iron Fist, they established previous Iron Fists, and he was one of them. Yeah, yeah. I can't I remember his name. Yeah, it is Randall something. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, oh, we do have one more segment to go. How Ooh. how foolish of me. Oh yes, of course. Yes, indeed. All I need now is for you to contact your students, Professor. I'm psychically you just jump in here. I'm psychically transmitting what your homework is to all of you right now. You should be receiving yeah. it. So Andre yeah. says our homework is to No, I sent it to all of them back. already. They all have it already. Uh <laughs> go back and watch Nightcrawler. Be sure to watch Bloodlines because after that we'll have an interview with the writer, Len Yuli. So that's not for a while yet. Are we not talking to him until April? Yeah, yeah, that's only like five episodes from now or something. It's episodes. true. Well, your actual homework is to watch the second part of this episode, which is One Man's yeah. Worth, part two of two, in which uh, we see them go the other way. So we've seen Bishop and Shard go in the past to try to prevent the, the death of Charles Xavier. And then in the second part, we see them go to the future, the one in which uh, Fitzroy was sent back from Master Mold and, and interact that way. So uh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Do it. Support the show. Patreon.com slash X-Men Review Show. Get your cool merch there. We'll get, get some new merch maybe on the go here, Andre. What do you cool think? Cool merch. Cool merch. I like it. Yeah, we got some Another stars merch in the fire that you have already, I think, don't you? No. Yes, you do. No. The stuff I sent you said we'd start on season five. Or season... Did I say season five or season four? This was, guy... Was it just the X-rated logo? No. We'll talk about it later. I don't want to review oh, it okay. Contact us at XMenReviewShow at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Find our audio-only version wherever you get your podcast. Please like, review, and subscribe. Not enough reviews. We get lots of subscribers. Like review us, goddamn you! A lot of subscribers. I'm very happy with the amount of subscribers. At least on the Facebooks, very good, everybody. Um, but you know, if some reviews would be cool. Um, and we are a proud member of the United Federation of Podcasts. Oh, yeah, those. Oh, yeah, we do have merch coming. We're, there's some more merch coming for sure. I sent Probably you all this stuff me. a long time ago. Oh, my God. I got to go back and find it now. Well, I can still I'll find it. it. To you. I'll find it for you all. 
But yes, we are a proud member of this very sure. federation. Well, this is one show I know of in the federation. Tell us what's going on. Well, on our next episode, the graphic we have, histories podcast. Well, our next episode, we have Richard Kelly, director of Southland Tales. Coming oh my god! <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I actually, I would love to. That talk movie's going to gonna haunt me for the rest of my life. I can't wait to watch it. Watch it and then talk. Tell you about how much I loved it and why. Because I feel like I, I feel like you and I, our debate would be much more, uh, much more elaborate than the one that you and my Murphy might be having. Because I likely I more so. civil as well. Oh, I'm certainly not going to yell at you <laughs> or call you a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he always does that. Oh, uh, well, he's a passionate man. Um, I drive people to the point of getting personal. <laughs> no, I don't I'm think, it, I don't think it's it. necessary. I think if your argument, I mean, whatever. You guys, the show is entertaining. Like I said, I enjoy it. And I actually, in the new episode of my show, um, I do give you a little plug at the end because I just started listening to it and I really oh. liked it. But. Um, yes, my new episode drops this Friday, in which I talk with Hugh Rookwood, who is a um, gra- an artist, an illustrator. He does a lot of work. He just won a um, pretty prestigious award for a children's book he did recently about, mm-hmm. uh, oh shoot, what's his name? He's a famous folk children. hero. From, he's a famous, famous folk hero from Alberta. He was a black cattle rancher. John okay. something. Um. God, oh man, I talked yesterday with him because I recorded. Yeah, art, though, you've been posting uh, some art from your guests here, and like that Ninja Turtles picture was amazing. Oh, his stuff's amazing. You can't miss. Yeah, his stuff uh, is John, amazing. John Ware is the name of the character. Um, J O W A R E. Um, he's a famous cattle rancher in Alberta that came up. That was a former slave that came up from the states. That was probably one of the best cattle ranchers in in the world. Um, very interesting story. He did a children's book based on this guy's story, but he also did a bunch of comics, graphic novels, alternate covers, that sort of stuff. Uh, very charming guy, very friendly guy, super positive. And uh, we have really cool talk about art. And he has some really interesting stuff that made me kind of think about alternative art and people that really focus on the, like, if you're like, I'm going to subvert the expectations on art what you need to know to be able to do just that is very interesting. And, and Hugh frames it in a way that I've never thought about before. And it was kind of mind bending to me. So uh, we had a great talk, really cool conversation. Great guy. And that drops this Friday. Check it out. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, as um, definitely check that out, everybody, as Andre's mentioned, there's a hold up the movie podcast. The last one was on journalism. We did network the year of living dangerously and look at old look at old Gilbert Godfrey in the corner there in the bottom. Is that who that is? No, I wish it was. It's Linda Hunt. It's Linda Hunt. Do you know who Linda Hunt is? That is Gilbert Godfrey. It's gotta be in that picture. No, it's Linda Hunt playing a half Chinese male character, and it's one of Many, many things I don't like about that movie. So that was oh, The Year the- of Living Dangerously. That was the one Lenore Zan told us was her favorite movie on this very show. Oh, she's the one from that like show. That movie. With, uh, I did not like that movie. Didn't she do that? She's the one that Edna, Edna Mole was based on in um, uh, The Incredibles, right? Her sort of look? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. She gets no, drawn. A lot of I feel like animated characters get based on her. Wasn't there a <laughs> TV seems. show she did with, or maybe with it getting her mixed up with somebody else? I she... found that movie very boring and problematic. I will the Incredibles? 
No, oh, the year of living the year dangerous. Dangerous. That, that makes more sense. I was like, what are you talking about? Shit on the incredible over here. What could you be talking about? You shit on everything, don't you? I'm never listening to your podcast again. I like it. Says. Uh, we got Listen, you if you can find a way that I don't have to work or do th- do other things to make money and just be on podcasts, I will happily be on this show 100%. Uh, I'm trying time. to nail down that format, so I'll let you know if I get it. Because I, I, like, I, I dig the show. I think I'd be, I think I'd have fun on it. I just got to figure out a way that I can do it. I'll just oh, leave this I show and I'll do that ideas. one instead. <laughs> Jamil's going to do an after show eventually. I thought he was going to do an end segment, so. He's gonna do an after show. An so after there's show? an end Come segment. On. I feel like the show. I mean, is like four it's gonna be for like already. Patreons. It's gonna be like for Patreon, show? like exclusives yeah. or something like that. You know. Um, but the next one we're doing. Uh, oh, are you doing? Stay tuned. Yes, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. You gonna <sighs> join us? You can join us next week if you on Wednesday if you like. UHF, stay tuned and good uh, night and good luck. I never watched Good Night and Good Luck, but I deeply love UHF and Stay Tuned. Stay Tuned is so good. I can't. I got I trivia know. on Wednesday nights, dude. I can't do it. That's, That's right. a paid gig. You do. Pick another night. Well, I got rehearsal. I'll talk Thursdays. to. I'll talk to Murphy. I got this on Tuesdays. Mondays you we'll only have to and it's like. Eh. See what we can do. Check. Anyway, check out Super Mater Brothers. They're doing reality show reviews over there. The Mary Mater Marvel Society. We just reviewed Quantum Mania. That was fun. What did I you guys rate movie. it? Oh, I rated it an eight out of ten. Really? That's higher than I would have rated. Yeah, I think so. I feel like the heroes. So, was, but it's like the, all the daddy daughter sentiments really. But they didn't really stick me. the landing on that. Like it just to me, like I like. No, the movie. they didn't. I think it's fun, but I feel it didn't like... stick the landing at all. Really, as a movie, yeah. Bill Murray they, was a they, waste they... of time. And... Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like Kang, I don't think Kang should have been the villain of that story. There's no real need for him. They should have made it Psycho Man and made it somebody else that made sense and saved Kang for something bigger. Um, well, Kang's going to be the villain in a million different things. Like Moon Knight season two is rumored to be the villains. Rumored to be Kang as Rama Tut. Like, which Kang's going to show like, up as the villain in like 10 different projects. Oh, Jonathan so Major's bank account has done some stretching because it's going to explode pretty Ooh. soon. I mean, uh, honestly, oh, though, yeah. he is such a good actor. If you haven't, seen, Love, if you haven't seen Lovecraft Country, I love I Lovecraft Country. It. I actually haven't seen Lovecraft Country yet, so I got to catch up. But I don't know if I finished it, but I love it. Uh, the new Creed movie I haven't seen yet, which he's in, he's in as well. But like, he is so good. And like, I don't want to yeah. get into too much spoilers, but when you see him doing other versions of Kang. He's so unique and different in each one. I'm oh, yeah. so, like, it's so cool that like they're different. Like they, there's a, a hint of some, like he is the highlight of that movie by far, but like oh, the, yeah. the, I don't want to go into two spoiler territories, but they set up at the beginning, this whole thing about, you know, Ant-Man, like setting, stepping back from wanting to be a hero because of everything he's been through. And they don't really, like, he kind of does become one again, but only because he's forced, and they don't really even give him, like, an arc where he, like, finds himself again. It's like he's lost at the beginning, and then he's still lost at the end. Like, I just feel like there is, um, I don't know, I feel like they should have sacrificed some of the grand spectacle to actually do a more human story. That would have made me happy. I agree. But I, I did agree. enjoy it, for the most part, but I do think Jonathan Majors is by far the highlight. And Kenny the Conqueror right. is... One of my all-time favorite villains, and uh, oh, I think villain. Marvel has knocked it out of the park with this choice for the actor and how yeah. they're doing it. Oh it's yeah, great, hundred percent. Also, check out the Hellbound podcast, Michael Chan and my Alex show, Blackburn. Michael Chan. 
Michael Chan, who just nailed a CBS pilot. He's doing big things over there, Michael Chan. Oh, good for him. He also bought one yeah, of my man. t-shirts, so he'll be he'll be sporting that pretty soon. Yeah, the Andre Maya t-shirts, the old, old school, school t-shirts. That's right. I got to get one of those, too. It's a good design. Thank you, sir. Also, check out KBBBL podcast where the extra B is for BYOBB. We talk about Simpsons every Friday. We just fit extra B was for the babysitter bandit. Ooh, that's two B's. Yeah, sometimes it does. B Y O B B B B B B B podcast. Also, check out trivial debates. Next one's on wrestling, I believe. Yes, I may. You gonna be on that, Andre? I'm. Andre might be on there. I think I messaged Murphy, but I'm not sure if I did. I get a final thing on that or not? I don't know. Anyway, we'll we'll chat maybe. Yeah, we'll I think he was going to check back in with me a couple weeks before it happened. So, okay, well, he could Andre could be a contestant on that. And also, if you Very like possible. Star Trek, we have a ton of content in Live Long and Podcast. We've got look at that sweet logo there. We've got some great logos. Um, it's Command Division for show reviews, Science Division for all my silly shows, but they're fun. Check them out in long form stuff with me and Dave Puxley over there at. The Locutors of Trek Division. And of course, there's the Ops Division where we do Star Trek Radio Theater, play video games, things like that. The next Star Trek Radio Theater is coming up based on the Lower Decks three issue comic book series. We're bringing it all to life. I'm playing Bradward Boimler. <laughs> Check it out. Once again, I want to do Starring... one of these sometimes. I think it'd be fun. They are fun. This one's going to be. I'm an actor, fun. man. I got I got my union card. If I get my actor, my yeah. actor uh, dues for this. Uh, Look, we got a pay- whole federation of podcasts for you. You've got no time, Andre. Well, that one. You've got I would, no I, time. I've always, I've always wanted to do an old school radio show. It'd be fun. Okay. Well, well, when do you guys generally record theater. those ones? Those are usually like Sunday nights. I can maybe, maybe make that work. Or Saturday nights. Sometimes Saturday nights. Saturday night uh, yeah, that might work. I mean, Saturdays are busy, but yeah, my whole life's busy. Someday we'll make it yeah. work. I'd love to be in one of those. I think the one after this one is some silly uh, TOS episode, like one of the really silly ones. Uh, <laughs> um, that's it. That's the Federation. Check it out, everybody. Any final thoughts, Andre? Um, hmm. Final thoughts. I think you should revisit the Magnum Opus. All right, we're we're calling the uh, we're calling the show right now. See you later, everybody. Show's over. Catch you Andre next time. Sing any more things. Next Catch time. you next time. Don't you leave me. Wolverine, <laughs> do not worry. You are stuck with me a little longer. Oh, you know it, darling. <laughs> later. Catch you next time, everybody. Beautiful. One, two, three. Thank mm-hmm. you.